Hello everyone, I'm Mike from The Self App, and thank you for listening to The Self App Podcast. This is a show where we discuss all things good thoughts, good words, good deeds related, and interview people passionate about being their best self, and who are helping others to be their best self too. Some of the segments include Coaching Clinic, where we talk to psychologists, motivational thinkers, and life coaches. Book Club, where we discuss and share reviews on our favorite books. Startup Spotlight, taking a pre-seed and more often than not non-techie view on starting a business and running a business. Health and Fitness Hustle, where we provide tips, tricks, and training from experts. And Esoteric Edge, a look at hidden or secret philosophy and how it can help you be your best self. If you haven't already, please download the Self app where we deliver you a collection of tools to help you be your best self. And 3% of all our profits are donated to charity. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Mike from the Self app. And today it's my privilege to introduce you to Diana Gann. Diana is the creator of the Irreverent Sales Girl, the champion of the salesperson who goes out every day to make something happen for themselves, their families, their companies, and their clients. With over two decades of sales success as a top performer, Diana has been featured has been a featured blog author for Salesforce.com, HubSpot, LinkedIn Selling, and others. She authors her own blog at musings.irreverentsalesgirl.com and co-hosts the YouTube video blog The Sellout Show, which answers the question: Do business shows have to be boring? And we'll provide you some links for the shows. But today, I'm going to discuss. Uh, how Diana came up with the Irreverent Sales Girl and what it's all about. So Diana, welcome to the show and thank you for being here with us today. Thanks, Mike. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's, it's my pleasure because this is a topic that's so close to my heart, being in the sales space of myself. I'm absolutely um, curious is the word as to what compelled you to create the Irreverent Sales Girl with all the content that goes along with that endeavor while you were still working a full-time sales gig and carrying quota? Yeah, so um, it's a great question, Mike. So I had this unbelievably wonderful uh, business coach. Her name was Anne Marie, and uh, I was working with her on a regular basis, and she uh, she got diagnosed with ALS, um, Gary's disease, which is a um, a terrible and cruel disease, <laughs> but um, so I was working with her as she was, you know, going through her process. She passed away in 2010, but as we were working together, we were finding that I was having, you know, these really enormous, wonderful successes um, in our relationship together. And as, as as we would stumble across something that worked, that was either unexpected or that had really hit the ball out of the park, she she'd say, "Hey, write this down. Write this down." Um, you're gonna, you're gonna want this. You know, you're gonna want to write something about this. You're gonna want to write a book out of this or something. And I realized after a few months that what she was saying is, write this stuff down. I'm not gonna be here forever, right? So, um, so I, I would, I would write all this stuff down, and I would write it on that college ruled paper, and um, anything that something came up that had worked. And after a while, I had these four pages of. You know, I mean, just jam-packed, crammed. You know, the ink was like curling the paper up, um, and I was looking through all of these sort of tenets that I'd learned about why I was succeeding in sales. And uh, for the 12 years that I was at the organization that I was at this time, I was, you know, number one out of those 11 years. And I only say that to sort of validate that there was something at work here that worked. 
Um, so uh, I looked, I started looking through all of the things that had created successful outcomes and I was, I was moved by it, frankly, for a couple reasons. The first one was that there was a lot of integrity to it. And I don't mean integrity like it was the right way to do things. There was a lot of my own self in it. It was very Diana and, um, and it wasn't necessarily what everybody else was out there teaching, especially my boss um, who had come from big tech and he was sort of doing these sales processes as a VP of sales that I really had come to abhor and it didn't really work for me. So, um, so I wanted to start putting this out there. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to start a book, if I'm going to write a book, how do you do that? So I was like, well, I guess you write something every day. So I started a little Facebook page. I called it the Irreverent Sales Girl. One of my friends drew it, but why it was important for, there were a couple reasons that it was really important for it to be the Irreverent Sales Girl. The first one was I didn't want my boss to find out that I was like writing about his terrible sales practices and how much they were terrible. Um, and the, the second one was um, that I had been a big fan and I'd learned so much from people like Zig Ziglar and, um, and Brian Tracy and David Sandler, my absolute favorite, David Sandler. But the one thing they all really had in common, well, there were a couple things they had in common. The first one is that they were wildly successful and that wasn't something that I'd achieved at that point in my life. And they were white men. Um, nothing wrong with white men. I'm married to one. I love them. But, uh, but they didn't look like me. So I created the Reverend Sales Girl because there's nothing, when you have a cartoon character, there's nothing to compare yourself to, right? So she's never carried a bag. She's never been accountable for quota. She gets to be this kind of superhero that becomes anybody's muse until they create one for themselves. So I really loved that about her. And also the reason why she was a reverend is if you ever have a chance to, you know, read my stuff, you'll, you'll see that there, there's not an irreverence towards people, but there's an irreverence towards commonly sort of accepted sales practices, which hopefully are finding their way out the door. Although I, I find new ones replacing them. So, um, so that's how the irreverent sales girl came about. It was almost like, it was almost like I just couldn't keep it in. I love that. That's that's so phenomenal that that you've created your own um, your own superhero, as you call it, your own muse for for others and for those who don't have um, a prototype that looks like them and that doesn't speak to them. And I think this is this is really so um, critical to diversity today. And and you know what I also love is that you, you almost use as a fulcrum what not to do as a way to refine what to do and what's made you so brilliant. So um, kudos for for both. Um, taking the, the stab at this and, and also being um, so brave and courageous is to, to create the Irreverent Sales Girl. And I'm already loving this story so far. So let's get into this. So where exactly did you start and how did the beginning um, provide the foundation for your evolution of, of this character and, and the message that you wanted to deliver to the world? Yeah, well, so I figured if I was going to write something, I was going to have to start writing. And that can be very daunting. Um, so what I decided to do was to just start, you know, taking notes off of these four pages that I still have. Um, that and I was like, well, where am I going to put these? And, you know, learning WordPress or learning how to write a blog—it it was just so overwhelming, right? So, but I was using Facebook every day. Um, and so I just created a page on Facebook and I disciplined myself to every school night, 
I would write one post by the Irreverent Sales Girl about whatever topic it was I was thinking about that day. And I learned, Mike, that if it took me longer than seven minutes to write this, and it was very small posts, right? Very bite-sized posts. But if it took me longer than seven minutes to write it, then I knew that I was like trying too hard and it wasn't real. It wasn't like coming from the real place. It was coming from, you know, there's that world of the stuff that we're, the way we're supposed to do it and then the way we actually did it um, or the way we're supposed to think about it, but the way we really think about it. So I found that if it took me longer than seven minutes that I was turning it into like what it was supposed to look like. And so that was right. So I would, you know, knock it off. Um, so I, I developed this practice and I just held myself to it. And, you know, before midnight, I would always take the seven minutes to at least get on and post. And I started getting a following. I mean, I think I got up to, I don't know, I think I may be around the 6,300 mark or whatever, which is, you know, it's no Marie Forleo or Martha Stewart, but it's, um, it's, it was substantial for me. And the one thing I learned about that was find a platform that you like that you enjoy, right? So I didn't try to go learn Twitter. I didn't try to go learn Instagram or um, I did actually try to learn Snapchat once and that was super fun, but it, I couldn't figure out how we were to go fit into that. Um, you know, I didn't go LinkedIn. I just knew Facebook. I knew Facebook, I wrote on Facebook and then people followed me and that was fun. So um, I think, and then what started to happen was then I found a tribe like they, or they kind of found me, right? And people started engaging with me and saying, you know, you really need to know this person. They're talking to like Dan Waldschmidt, who oh, if you're not following Dan Waldschmidt stuff, you've got to absolutely, he's just amazing. Um, and I started finding this tribe of people that were sales experts and gurus, um, you know, for whatever that's worth. That, you know, there's no degree in sales expertise, so you're sort of self-appointed if you're a sales expert. So, you know, take that into account as you listen to people. But um, so I started to learn Twitter and I started to learn how to um, elevate other people's uh, really good content because there are a lot of people out there with really great content. And it was sort of like the law of attraction, you know, birds of a feather stick together. It's like I started attracting this community of like-minded people, but also people that wanted to challenge the status quo. So, um, so that's how it evolved and it became a blog and it became a Twitter feed and it became, you know, it did become things that I hadn't started it out to be, but, um, but it was, it was an easy, it was a smooth, obvious transition. It wasn't, I didn't try to set out and take over the world in a way that I didn't understand to. I just started where I was and did the best that I could. And then it grew out of that. That's fantastic. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things that you talked about is how the the, the irreverent uh, sales girl is is you know really your own hero, but really you're that you know she is the the composite and the heroine of of um, the story here, and and every hero or heroine in the journey um, faces faces a drag, it faces faces fear, and I'm curious as to what has been your or the irreverent sales girl's biggest fears along this journey. So here's the cautionary tale about creating a, a superhero is nobody wants to hear that somebody's successful all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like Superman's got to have his kryptonite. He's got to have his Lois Lane. Um, so I was doing really well in sales before I created the irreverent sales girl. And then all hell kind of broke loose because all of a sudden 
things started going wrong, right? Which, which, led, which fed greatly to engaging interesting content, but it was messing with my, it was messing with my ability to earn sales put. And then, and then I was like, well, I'm the around sales girl. I should be able to, you know, whatever. You get your, you get yourself in your head, right? Um, so. I think that that was the biggest thing that happened with um, creating new Reverend Sales Girls. I started to deal with um, that there are people out there dealing with real sales problems and I started having my own sales problems. Now, probably everything wasn't going great. I just wasn't looking at it through that lens before, right? I, I had an elevated expectation and I hadn't evolved to become that person yet. Um, so. So I did create a little mantra, which was, you know, what would the irreverent sales girl do? And that was an interesting concept for me to, to get myself outside of a sales jam. And a lot of times what I found was I would have an inner answer. If I asked the question looking for an answer rather than asking a question mired in the problem, um, I would maybe get an inspiration. And those were really fun. And then I could write about them. But I also found that it was fun to go to ask other peers or other, and by peers, I didn't mean the sales experts. I meant the people that were engaging in the content of, you know, like sales development reps became really interesting to me because um, I don't want to digress too far because I know this isn't all about sales, but recently sales specialization, and I say recently because I've been selling for a longer time than sales specialization, but recently sales specialization of dividing SDR and AE and um, all those different distinctions, I used to have to be all of them. But all of a sudden, because of this marketing bombardment that we were able to get through internet and you know smart marketing, whatever, um, salespeople were put way on their back foot. It was much harder to open a door. So I started learning from these people that are in these you know quote unquote entry level roles. I call the sales development reps of the world the you know the extreme athletes of sales because getting somebody to take an appointment and show up and be ready to have a real sales conversation is magic and art. So I started meeting the boots on the ground, phone on the phone in the hand people that really gave me great advice about what they were doing to open doors and get business closed. So that's that's something that getting out there and saying a message and creating a persona and creating a brand allowed me to do because you know people wanted to take my call. They wanted well, also everybody just wants to give advice, which is fantastic. But um, I know I just rambled there a little bit, but that was uh, that was the hardest thing for me to deal with was oh, I've developed a know-it-all, nobody likes a know-it-all, and nobody knows it all. So it was, uh, it was a little bit of a kick in the face a couple times. <laughs> well, what I love is the, the humility and the vulnerability, and, and it really is um, a, a, a defined phase of that heroine's journey right when you think about the traditional and I think selling is is all about the the story the story right and if you think about you know even challenger does this really well but if you think about the story you kind of have the knight or or the, the warrior in this case we're gonna we're gonna remove gender from this but you've got the warrior who um gets given a task and and you think about that as status quo and then the knight goes out on a quest and typically it's to win the princess or prince or, or win the prize and, and there's a dragon and, and it goes out on a quest and then what you, you find, and Don Quixote is a really good story about that, that really sums up the true hero or heroine's journey. There's a point where the knight in shining armor 
gets battered and beat around so much that the, the question comes up is why am I doing this? Why why am I really in this? And am, am I the vision I had of myself in status quo? And this is a, a night of, you know, the, the dark night of the soul. It's a, it's, a, it's a drop into a trench. It's the valley of the shadow of death. It's, it's you, you don't have the shining armor anymore. And you got to ask yourself, why am I still doing this? Why Do I really care that much about a princess? Or, or do I, do, am I at the stage where I want to survive? And what you've just des- described is that recalibration and, and a realignment of your constitution almost as as a way that allows you to continue to go through the dark stages but gives you purpose and gives you motivation and fortitude to get going and i think that's absolutely fascinating that you you and your character both went through this um dark night of the soul and have found a way to humbly move forward and, and do so so vulnerably and so powerfully um and i want to ask you the question as as i'm spitballing here and getting so excited over your story um what is one thing that people don't realize can be the biggest contributor to their success well you know it's so funny because what you were just saying i you know the hero's journey has always been a really annoying story to me because it's like does it have to i mean does it have do we have to get so far done with our own ego's ability to produce a result that we have to put ourselves into such a dark night of the soul that we finally come to the realization that there's something on the other side that's always been at work. And I'm curious, Mike, I mean, I'm really, I'm actually really curious and exploring this for myself of, um, do you have to get do you have to suffer your way into enlightenment? Do you have, is there a, is there a pathway? Is there a way that we may be evolving in business? Is there a way that we may be evolving as humans that allows us to kind of like take a gentler road to a satisfying life experience or a satisfying business experience? Um, so I really, if there was anything that I wanted to kind of challenge for myself is, is there a way to learn humility without taking a two by four to the face. Um, And I think there is. And here's what I think is missing, is I think a lot of business gurus and masters have gotten to a place where they've recognized this thing. You know, it's it's talked about in The Secret. It's talked about in Law of Attraction with Abraham Hicks. It's talked about, this isn't stuff we talk about a lot in business. Um, It takes a lot of courage to talk about it. So thank you for creating this space in which we can. But I think a lot of our business gurus have gotten there through maybe the hero's journey. They love to tell you, we love to hear the story arc of, well, if they got, if Grant Cardone was, homeless and on drugs and now he has a jet, so can I. But I mean, do you really have to go through the the drugs and the homelessness to get to the jet experience? And I think that the more people that do achieve what we consider, you know, worldly success could start telling the truth about it wasn't the suffering, it was the inner exploration, it was the trusting of that other space that you always knew was true and you listen to yourself as opposed to you let other things in but you listen to yourself people tell you that how they did it but they don't tell you what the thought was before they did the how and i think that's the thing that can i mean hey if you want to have your hero's journey we i mean look 
You can be on the news. People will pay you millions of dollars for your story, if it, especially if it's really bad. You know, you can get people's attention. It can be entertaining, but it's not the real story. And I'm curious, uh, you know, about just shifting the story to where people can experience humility and courage from a place of honor and wonder rather than man i got kicked in the face so hard that i can't go back to having my ego so that i don't even know that that answered your question but um that's just what came up for me after that no, I, I love it and you've inspired another question as i was listening to what you were saying it really is a great question you know is is really let's boil it down is suffering um the only path to greatness and i heard an analogy to this once right it's it's almost like um if you want your arrow to fly the furthest it's you got to pull the bow bow back um the hardest so it's kind of like that stretch yourself to to launch but you've really tapped into another way and it's got me thinking and i i have a question for you if we were to really synthesize this maybe we don't answer this today maybe we do but um how how do you over like let's just say that you are in the dark night of soul that you you know you haven't yet broken through you haven't found the way out you're stuck in a really dark place and suffering is your reality in sales yeah. in life in, in whatever and you were in the thick of it um yeah. how how do you from that state do you feel um you would overcome adversity that is slowing or even derailing your path to success completely but let's say you're in the thick of it what do you feel might be the way to overcome that state right now so it's a great question um and i really did you know i really did get uh kicked in the teeth so i love i for the first time ever in my whole life i got fired from a job in 2015 um which led me you know that that led me to go and sort of create my own career do revenue sales but i started taking on clients that i was selling for but um that started kind of falling apart as well and i always i'd always really um put my value as a human being like as somebody who's contributing in that I could make money. And all of a sudden I wasn't making money and I wasn't contributing to my marriage. I wasn't from a I from a financial standpoint. I wasn't contributing to the household. If I wasn't married at that time, I don't know how I would have paid the rent. Do you know what I mean like this whole I mean obviously there are other jobs to go get, but it wasn't it wasn't it was just so new to me to have that kind of experience. And um and I was just I was really bogging myself down in fear and uh and one of my clients she got on the phone with me and I was just talking to her and she's she's like, Okay, Diana, you've gotta like turn everything off and go watch the secret. Right now I'm not saying that the answer is to go watch the secret, but what I, what I am finding and I'm finding it faster and faster is when something occurs to you as this is not working, I think it means you're ready for the next thing that will, right? So we go down, I, well, I went down this long road and I'm talking, you know, the last four years or whatever, I'm, I'm just playing out that you have to struggle but to find enlightenment story, but um, so forgive me, but, um, but I'm getting better and better at seeing when you, when the path disintegrates in front of you when the path disintegrates in front of me when everything that was solid in reality is now no longer count onable it probably means i'm ready for another way to explore 
the things that I've wanted or perspectives or ways to find out new things about the success that I want to achieve. Um, one of them was most recently, I was at the doctor's office and this just happened a few days ago and I'm normally, I just can't believe I'm telling everybody this, but I'm normally like, my blood pressure is like normally like, oh my God, how's your blood pressure so low? All of a sudden I'm having these high blood pressure readings, right? And I'm like, what is this? And I was, I, I mean, it's just so new for me. Like I'm always just super healthy. And so I started looking up, you know, what, and nobody really knows what causes hypertension or high blood pressure. But um, what I realized was, you know, what kept coming up a couple times is overconsumption or excessive consumption of alcohol is often linked with high blood pressure. And that was kind of the only thing that I could sort of feel. I get pretty good exercise and all the other stuff. And I was like, you know, I've been feeling like, especially with COVID and everything, I've just been feeling like that area of my life is not really working that awesome, right? Like, I was kind of feeling like I'm drinking too much and I don't know what to do about it. Not like, not like I needed, you know, I don't feel like I needed to go to Alcoholics Anonymous at that moment, but, but I, I decided that I was gonna start taking this adversity or bad news, doesn't mean you have to dig in and go to work on something. Look at the prison that that's releasing you from. So losing, I, and when I reframe it, I can look back at 2015 and I can say, you know, I hated that job and I was doing badly at it and I got into a bad situation that I didn't want to get into. I didn't know what my sales situation was going to be. They didn't sell like I wanted to. I was struggling. It was a relief that they let me fly away into, you know, I mean, it was a horrible, horrible experience. So if, had I taken the time, and of course I didn't know to do it back then, but had I taken the time to say, oh, this is a release from a prison that I put myself into. And you know, this, this only happened a few days ago with this blood pressure result, but I was like, Diana, you are now released. You don't have to drink all the time. And it's not like a way to fix something that I was doing wrong. It was like, you're released. You don't have to be compelled to drink. And then I haven't been drinking like every, I have, yeah, I've had a couple drinks sometimes and I haven't had a couple drinks a few times. I got the blood pressure cuff. Everything's finding its way back to normal within a very small period of time. But I could have like taken that to the extreme. Like what's wrong? And I could have made it worse and I could have like wrestled around with it and tried to beat it to the ground instead of seeing, ah, there may be a doorway to something that you've been imprisoned by that it's okay for you to look at. That is, I, while you were talking, I know I'm going to share, I had goosebumps because that is probably one of the most profound reframes I think I've ever heard is when you are going through hell, um, it's, it, it, it's just when you're not working, I'm going to use your term because it's, it's far better than any words I can put on it, but when, when something's not working, it's a sign you're ready for what will work. And that's such a positive message. And you're right, you can kind of drop everything, as you just said, and go, you're ready you know let's let's do this so um thank you for sharing that insight for me that's going in my own personal um collection of notes and, and meditations to think on i'm, I'm going to keep that one for myself i love it um i want to come back to come out of the darkness that we've been talking to and, and back yeah. into the light and back into the heroine's journey um and yeah. i want to talk about this concept of side hustle because you know it's carrying a quota contributing to a marriage paying the bills um, these are so ever-present for all of us. When do you think it's the right time to start a side hustle? Um, when you can't not. Do you know? <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, 
you just can't not start. Um, I think the wrong time to start a side hustle is when you feel like you should. Um, I feel like there's sometimes that something just grabs you by the inspiration, inspiration grabs you and you can't help but go take it on and do it because really I have not found that they're really amazing people that talk about motivation and I'm impressed by people that have motivation. I do not have motivation, but when I'm inspired on something, you can't get me off of it, right? So, um, you know, you, you meet that girl and you're like, oh my God, I have to have a date with her. You'll just do whatever it takes to have a date with her, right? It's not like you have to get motivated to, you know, I should go date that girl, right? So I feel like it's the same kind of way with a side hustle is when it's the mistress that won't let you go, um, then you gotta go do it. And you'll find the energy to do it and you'll find the finances to do it. And, you know, I can talk about this dark night of the soul, but I will tell you, I have never missed a meal. We are plowing money into our future. My husband's doing like, but, but what I've learned is your abundance and well-being does not always necessarily flow through the bank account that has your name on it, right? Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta relax and you gotta let other things contribute and as soon as you have to have it be like it's flowing through your bank account then it's about ego and it's just been a hard thing for me to to learn because i want to be the one that you know has the has you know the name on the car title or whatever but and all that i think will probably happen still but what i what i've learned a lot is you know my abundance doesn't even flow through at, at the moment it's flowing through my husband it hasn't flown through my work or my my jobs. It ha it's flown. It's 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 flowed to me through something that I can't explain, and I'm still on a journey of that. But um, you know, not to get too biblical because I'm not really crazy about a lot of the way people inter interpret the Bible. But one of the things that comes up for me a lot is you know I look to the hills from whence cometh my strength. My strength does not come from the hills. So my my uh, my internal query is, well, where is it coming from? And that's where I am right now. It's like, where is all this awesomeness coming from? Because there's no job that I'm going to and getting you know the right paycheck at the moment. I do have some things like that happening, but not at the level that you know I have before. So um, rambling a little bit, but that's where I am right now <laughs> in the quest. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably, you know, and I think I think this is really it ties back to what you were sharing with us before is that the irreverent sales girl isn't a know-it-all or have-it-all, you know, she has her ups, she has her downs, but, but, you know, she's on a journey of discovering not just how and why she's so amazing, but where that um, scintillating beauty comes from and, and I'm um, absolutely thrilled that, that you're sharing that with us today and that's where that both you and, and the Reverend Sales Girl are at the moment because you can't be on all the time it's just not possible you have ups and downs and, and you know we go through different cycles and um, that's what the show is all about is discovering how can you help smooth the cycles out how, how do we have ways and, and, and ideas that maybe can help listeners do that so I'm, I'm just so grateful that you shared vulnerably Diana um, I want to I want to kind of extrapolate on that a little bit because you've really covered so much but if someone were asking you 
how and if they should get started on following their own dream, whether it's a side hustle or not, what would you tell them? I would tell them that there is only one person in the whole world that gets to say how your life's going to go and how you're going to get there. And that is you. And sometimes the you is a bigger inner you than you relate to as like you. But here's what I've learned is if anybody gives you advice or mentors or writes a book, they're all giving that information to you, maybe well-intentioned, from the, their own perspective and their own experience. And they usually give you advice that they want you to follow so they can feel better. So you gotta, you got, there's only one you, there, you know, you gotta be you, everybody else is taken. Um, and one of the most liberating things that I ever did, Mike, it was a few months ago, I took all of the books on my shelf, <laughs> the business success books, the guru, the experts, the sales experts, the things, I don't know if you find this, but sometimes when I read those things, it makes me feel discouraged and you know, like, oh my God, I'm doing it all wrong and I'll never get this right. And these guys look at their success and I can't have that success because I can't do it that way. I don't want to do it that way. It doesn't resonate. Blah, blah, blah. I threw it all in the trash. I didn't give it away. I probably should have. I probably should have like given it to you know goodwill, but I mean I had found so much power and I just threw it away because mm. I am the one that gets to say how this one goes. And if we keep doing it the same way that everybody else has done, it just recycles and then there's no growth and there's no evolution and there's no exploration and there's no wonder and all of that. And I would say to people, nobody else knows but you. Nobody else gets to say but you. And um Sometimes it takes courage to tell everybody to, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate your input, but I'm, you know, I'm going this way. Sometimes it makes relationships look scary because some relationships aren't gonna, you know, go that way. But, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta do it your way. And, you know, if you ever want my advice, what you'll hear is do it your way. <laughs> you know, you have it, you've got those. If you want it, you have the answer. So I'm going to ask you one final question as we wrap up our, our show today. Um, who and what are you thankful for in your life? Oh. <laughs> I, um, so I did do, I did start a gratitude journal and I found that I really hated doing a gratitude journal because what it made me feel was like, oh, I wasn't deserving of that and I owe somebody so much. So. One thing I'm really grateful for is not having to do a gratitude journal. But one thing that I learned is appreciating. Like when you when you talk about in the stock market, you appreciate, like assets appreciate. So when I look at a flower and I find that it's beautiful, it appreciates its value. So that's how I look at thankful, is I appreciate the realization that nobody does anything on their own. I didn't get born on my own. I didn't educate myself. I didn't get any job on my own. Everything that I've done means somebody else either said yes or no, or pushed me or left me alone. And I'm, I have deep appreciation for all of the people that I've run into that have contributed to this really, this experience of massive success that I have in my life. But mostly I appreciate um, 
I appreciate my aunt who I grew up with, who has since day one thought that there was nothing that I could do wrong. And we've had an amazing, amazing relationship. And I really, really appreciate my husband who always says that I'm amazing, even when all the evidence is pointing in the exact opposite direction, because I'm right now in a place where I could not be having this really awesome experience of where I'm about to start on a new venture business-wise that I think is gonna be a wild success. Um, and I just couldn't do it without him. So those are the two things I would say that I'm really, really thankful for right now. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing and, and thank you to your aunt and to your husband for supporting such an amazing thing. Um, that wraps up our show today, folks. Um, so, Diana, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Self Out podcast today. Um, if people want to find out more, what's the best site that they can visit for you? Yeah, uh, musings that are reverentsalesgirl.com. Uh, it's not fresh, it's old, but there's lots and lots of content in there, and I think it's evergreen. And um, I am always, believe it or not, on LinkedIn. If you reach out to me, I will. I, if you want to have a conversation with me, I'll have a conversation with you. I probably won't connect with you if I don't know you and we haven't had a conversation, but. Um, or email me at salesgirl at irreverentsalesgirl.com and you'd be amazed how accessible I am. Wonderful. Well, thank you for, for providing some access to people who want to find out more, follow the journey of the Irreverent Sales Girl and take some of the, you know, the amazing learnings that you've um, been able to share from, from such a, a, a prolific career. Um, to our audience, I want to say thank you for listening today. And before you go, if I can ask you to do us a good deed, please share this with one other, other person. And if you wouldn't mind, leave us a five-star review wherever you tune in. For more best self goodness, you can find us on social by searching for the self app. From us to you, keep up the good thoughts, good words, good deeds, and continue to level up your best self. Bye, everyone. Bye.